0: shore station episode 13 and my Steelers are out of the playoffs Lucas's Browns are in the playoffs still on the hunt on a roll right now after dropping 28 points in the first quarter it was too much for the Pittsburgh Steelers to overcome just a complete collapse from the Pittsburgh Steelers starting off the season 11 and 0 finishing the rest of the season 1 and 5 the third straight season where the Steelers have completely collapsed at the back end of the season. Lucas, I know you're extremely pumped right now. I know your Ohio State Buckeyes lost last night, but, but I mean, you've got to be happy right now with the Cleveland Browns. First playoff win
1: since 1995. How are you feeling, Lucas? Lucas. I mean, right now, I don't know how I can feel any better besides that, you know, if the Buckeyes won last night, you know. But, you know, Ohio State had to die so that uh, the, the Browns could live, mm-hmm. you know, a soul for a soul, as Thanos says. So, you know, I, I got to, things are going good right now in Cleveland. Things are going good in Ohio, you know. Also, really quickly on that national championship game, I don't know if there's anyone that could have beaten Alabama. That team is ridiculous. Devontae Smith is, if he's not a top 10 pick, then I don't know what the NFL is looking at because that guy is special. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you said it, a 28-0 start for the Browns. I mean, that's just too much for the Steelers to overcome. Uh, it started off a way that I never thought I would see, uh, you know, a snap over Big Ben's head, and then all of a sudden the Browns are up 7-0, like seven seconds into the game. So, you know, you, you got to be feeling good. And then another turnover, another sco- a big Jarvis Landry touchdown – uh, I think it was even another turnover after that. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt has two touchdowns. And it, it's, you know, it was just rolling. I know my house was going nutty as long as uh, probably every other house in Cleveland. It was going crazy. And, you know, hopefully hopefully we can keep this rolling. Obviously, a big, uh, big opponent next week. And a big, uh, we're going to be a big underdog against the defending Super Bowl champs. But, you know, hopefully they can, they can come out with some fire like they did against the Steelers. And it's maybe shocked the world. And uh, on, other, on another note, on the Steelers' side, Dom, i got to ask you a question. Is this going to be the last time we see seven suit up in black and gold? A lot of people are saying that, especially
0: after the end of the game with him crying on the bench with Marquise Pouncey. I don't think this is the last time we see Ben Roethlisberger. There's no way he goes out like this. There's no way he goes out losing to the Cleveland Browns at home in the opening game of the playoffs. I just don't think that's how Ben Roethlisberger is, and I think right now I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Marquise Pouncey retires and maybe Ben Roethlisberger retires, but they don't stay retired for long. I think eventually they'll get they'll get pulled back in and they're going to be ready for one more season. Ben's got one more year left on his contract, a lot of money to make. They aren't leaving that money on the table. I don't think. I think you see one more year out of Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know how confident I am. I would like to see them still draft a quarterback in the draft this year because I do think it's a stacked draft for quarterbacks. But this would be even more depressing if this is the last time we see Ben Roethlisberger. But I don't think so. I I think he'll be back 100% next year. Uh, I'd put money on it for sure.
1: And, I mean, with that is another question, you know, about guys that are going to leave – is this going to be Juju's last time in black and gold because obviously he's got some off the field issues that some people might even say, you know, that kind of went into this Browns win. You know, there was just extra fuel to the fire. So, he's a free agent this year. Do you think they re-sign him or or do you think they they let him go to another team and see him do TikTok dances maybe on the West Coast or something?
0: If the reason they don't re-sign him, it would just because of how how much money he's asking for because he will be asking for a lot of money, but he did talk, he does talk, but he did back it up in that game. He put up over 150 yards receiving yards. He got a touchdown. He backed up his play, his words with his play on the field. I I love Juju Smith Schuster. I think he he should be a Pittsburgh Steeler for life. He represents on the field, he represents the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a gritty guy. He's he gets it done. But he I think he might be asking for a little bit too much money in the offseason. And I also don't think it would be a bad idea for him to go somewhere else, just because I think a big part of his income has been is his brand, is his social media brand. If he can expand it outside of Pittsburgh, because I think Pittsburgh fans will love him no matter what wherever he goes. But if he can expand his brand into another city, I think that's big for just his his wallet, you know. But I'd love to see Juju Smith-Schuster stay. I I'm wishful thinking. I want to stay that he. He, he will stay in pittsburgh i'm nervous though but i really want juju smith schuster to stay uh but but another thing juju smith schusters like TikToks and what he said the browns is the browns that's not the reason why we lost it's the turnovers from ben roethlisberger turnover from marquise Pounty on the very first play of the game I, I i might say that if that first play didn't happen this game would have been a lot closer. The Browns wouldn't have went up. 100%. percent 28 nothing. Momentum is just so much in the NFL. Another momentum shift was when the Steelers had all their momentum on the side. It's fourth and one on the inside the Brown, in Browns territory, and Mike Tomlin decides to punt the ball. There are two questionable punts in this game. If, if anyone's job should be questioned, it's not Roethlisberger. It's not Juju. It's Mike Tomlin because at the end of the day, he makes a final call on these plays. And he also makes a final call on who the coordinators are. The coordinators are completely inept. On the defensive side, you've got Robert Spillane covering Jarvis Landry. That just doesn't make any sense. And on the offensive side, the play calls are just, they just don't work. They just can't be executed. Uh, Stephen A. Smith said it best I am depressed right now as a Steelers fan. There's just no, there's just no silver lining of this game. It's it's the most embarrassing loss. I'd even say it's worse than the Jaguars in 2018 or 2017 when they put up 45 points on us at home. And it's worse than when Tim Tebow beat us in overtime when we were the number one seed. Like losing to the Browns wild card after talking all this, they don't have their head coach. They're missing a couple of players with COVID. It just could not get any worse than this right now for the city of Pittsburgh and Steelers fans all across the world.
1: I have one last question for you, Dom. Speaking of, you know, Steelers receivers and things, is there a silver lining in the fact that the Browns are going to get clapped next week, according to Chase Claypool? And I just wanted to get your thoughts, Camden, yours too, on the the comments, you know, of Claypool after the game. And not only that, my other um, beef with him after this game was that he's going over the film and he's talking bad about like our six string corner. Who's, you know, he only is playing because we've got three corners out due to COVID and injury. And he's talking like, Oh yeah, I made him scared and like, whatever we knew we could go deep. He had to get safety help over top. And it's like, yeah, he's a practice squad player and you lost to him. So I don't know. I just want to get your guys thoughts on that because we talked about things that Juju says off the field to talk about, uh, you know, Claypool as well. And, you know, it's it's one thing to say it before the game and then it comes back to bite you, but then I just think it's a completely another thing to say it after you've already lost to just keep talking like, oh well, they're gonna get clapped next game, which yeah, it's very likely. I mean, I still think the Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. But I just think that it's just no class. I, I don't know. I, I just wanted your two your two guys' take on that.
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely definitely unprofessional, like you said about the effects before and after the game. And I think it's a lot different than Juju because like we said, Juju's it's about his brand. And you know, he's more than just an NFL player. He's he's a Twitch streamer. He plays video games on Twitch and stuff. He makes money off the TikToks and stuff. So it, it's more of a brand. But this comment by by Chase Claypool has nothing to do with his brand or anything. This is just a salty, unprofessional comment after a loss that just, I mean, it just, it just looks bad, especially on a, on a, I mean, and like I tweeted about it. uh, It's like with with Haskins, you know, he's young, he's going to make mistakes like that. He's going to say things and do things that he's not supposed to say and do. But, and I think it's also, you know, like you talked about performance, like Juju still put up numbers in this game. Chase Claypool was, was pretty quiet in this game, you know, especially with the, the Browns not having Denzel Ward and stuff. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a comment that definitely should not have been made. It was, it was unprofessional. And, and it hurts to hear because being a Notre Dame guy, I love Chase Claypool. He's been my guy for a long time. So, But like I said, he's young. He'll learn from, from mistakes like this.
0: Okay. First, I need to uh, fact check Camden right there. He said oh, he didn't go. have a good game.
1: Five receptions, 59 <laughs> yards, and two
0: receiving touchdowns.
1: I mean they're a little bit of garbage time touchdowns, but yeah. That's they're fair. part of a comeback, I will say. That's fair. But I had to
0: do a little fact check. Another thing. Yeah, it is the the social media thing is part of a lot of these players' brands, but nobody asked Chase Claypool to go live on TikTok. I mean, who the exactly. heck goes live on TikTok? That's my first thing. If you're gonna go live, go live on Instagram. Who the heck goes live on TikTok? <laughs> And another thing, he's not lying about that the Browns are going to get
1: clapped by the Chiefs, but
0: he doesn't need no, to. No, not at all. I mean,
1: I completely agree, honestly, but go on. Sorry. He doesn't
0: need to be the one that. to say that. That's if someone's
1: going to make it be a retired
0: Steelers player, not someone who just got their their butt handed to them in that game. I mean, it was a complete swooping by the Cleveland Browns to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no way around it. You got handed to you. It's as simple as that. I don't know. I'm I'm furious that the live thing doesn't bother me as much as the on-field mistakes because really the talking stuff isn't the reason we lost. It was, I'll say it again, it was just the mistakes that we were making, coaching side, defensive side, the play calling. It was just uh, a horrible game start to finish. And And somehow the Browns made it seem like the Steelers might be able to get get back in this game. After the first quarter, I was like, okay, this one's over. I, I think I'm going to stop watching after the first half. But somehow, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they always find a way to reel me back in, give me some sort of hope, and then finally <laughs> break my heart at the end. I got to see Ben Roethlisberger crying on the sideline with Marquise Pouncey. I just really
1: haven't – I don't think I have much else to say about this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll give some credit to Ben. I mean, 47 for 68. That's a 69% completion percentage. I mean, obviously they had to throw because we've talked all all year about how inept their run game has been and you know, they're behind 28-0 in the first quarter. Four touchdowns, four picks, obviously that's not a bright spot, but I mean, when you throw the ball 68 times and you you had to throw the ball that much from the first quarter, you're, you know, obviously you're going to make some interceptions. Some of them were pretty bad. There was a couple tips. Uh, one was just over James Conner's head. So I got to give Ben some credit here. I mean, even though as bad as it looks, you know, four interceptions, when you really look at it, I mean, 500 yards, four touchdowns, it's not a terrible way to go out as a, as a Steelers quarterback. I'm not going to say he is going out for sure, Dom. Don't don't get too mad at me yet. But, you know, he, he did mount a comeback there and did look pretty good. And, you know, if – I mean, some may say, yeah, the Browns are playing pre-event defense. It seemed like they were just giving up 10-yard outs and hitches and digs and stuff just because as long as we come up and tackle them, make them run clock, it doesn't matter. They're not going to come back with that time. But, um, but I mean, Ben did come back in this game, and, I mean, that just shows his heart, him as a Steeler. I mean, he's a Steeler for life, whether he plays a, plays another year or not. I mean, I think we all know he's he's a Steeler legend. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. As much as I don't like him, I got to respect him, and I got to give him props but uh but yeah, I mean it, it was a good comeback from him, made it an interesting game at the end. Luckily that that, you know, kept Dom around so that we could see him crying at the end and and see him sitting on the bench with Palancy. I'm sorry I had to say it. But yeah, I mean good for Ben, good for the good for uh good for him, but mostly good for the Browns. I'm not going to not going to lie. I was really hyped up about this one. Uh really quickly, Baker Mayfield, I mean 21 for 34 is not crazy good, but three touchdowns, zero interceptions. You can't ask for much more out of a playoff debut. Um, it, we did get a lot of breaks, like, like the snap over the head and four other turnovers. But, you know, he, he took advantage of it. So I got to give Baker Mayfield props, as well as the running backs, Chubb and Hunt looked great. Um, Landry, I was so hyped to get him a, a playoff win and a playoff touchdown, you know. So that was, that was great. But. But, yeah, hopefully the Browns can just keep this momentum rolling, keep that underdog mentality up, and take it into Kansas City. And, you know, it's going to be David versus Goliath, but, you know, in the NFL playoffs and in the NFL itself, anything can happen. So I'm looking forward to this game Uh, either way, no matter how it shakes out. It's still going to be an amazing season, obviously, and an amazing game. So uh, it's a great day for a Browns fan, great day for a Cleveland guy. So
0: (laughs) We'll talk more about the Browns-Chiefs game in a little bit. Camden, do you have anything else to say about the Steelers and Browns game
2: no I just think like like you guys said you know Ben Roethlisberger I definitely think we'll see him next year especially because you know he doesn't want to go out like that and like Lucas said I'm not blaming him for some of those interceptions the obviously the the one on know you posted the, the play out on Twitter but the first interception that went right over Benny Snell's head I mean that play art was just was just awful I mean there was no way that play was gonna be successful in any means but yeah I think obviously Ben had a great game I definitely think we'll see him next year Uh, yeah that's about it
0: yeah I think some major changes need to be happened within some repercussions need to be had for the third straight season of Mike Tomlin collapsing I don't think Tomlin will get fired because just the Pittsburgh Steelers way you know they just don't fire head coaches but there needs to be someone needs to sit down Tomlin and say get Randy Fickner." The heck out of Pittsburgh right this second. That's my thought on that. Another thing real quick before we move on to the next game. Ben Roethlisberger was the reason we stuck around this game, that we had a chance maybe to come back. But he's also the reason that we were down so bad in the first place. He turned the ball over that much. So I don't know how I really feel. It's his fault that we lost partly, but it's also he's the only reason that we stuck around this game. All right.
1: Yeah, I think this season, just really quick about Big Ben, sorry we're sticking on this game, but I feel like this season he really has, he's either going to win you games or lose them. And I mean, obviously he started off 11-0, finished 12-4 and in the season, so obviously he won some games for you. And this one was, he's either going to win it for you or he's going to lose it for you. And to be honest, he kind of lost it for you because, you know, you did have four picks and, you know, there was five turnovers. So, yeah, I think that, especially the way this team is built with no run game, uh, that's kind of going to be your quarterback's job. It's either he's going to win it or he's going to lose it. And in this one, he lost it. But, you know, he clearly showed this season 12 wins. He's still got it to be able to win games for this team. And, you know, if they get a new offensive coordinator, get a better run game, I don't see why they can't make a great run next year and have a great season.
0: Yeah, I've got I, – I, my hopes aren't completely down the dumps right now. I think we still got a shot to make a little bit of a run next year if we make the playoffs. I think Ben will be back. One last run for it, the last dance. But uh, we, got, we got a long time to wait for that, unfortunately. Um, let's talk about the Washington football team and the Buccaneers. This podcast would be a lot more depressing right now if my two co-host teams were kept moving on to playoffs, but mine didn't. That would be very unfortunate. But, of course, the Washington football team, lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Cam- Camden kind of uh, hit the nail on the head last week that it's just Tom Brady. Like, this is the the last person you want to go against, especially when you got Taylor Heineke as your quarterback, who did look really good, who looked awesome, who made some super electric plays out there, especially that run for the touchdown. That was awesome. My My take on this is that, I still think that the Washington football team should draft a quarterback in the first round of the, the upcoming draft and have Heineke and whoever they draft compete and whoever whoever, is the, uh, whoever prevails and is the starter. I think the, the Washington football team are in great hands. Whoever's going to be the quarterback, they got Ron Rivera who obviously grow these quarterbacks and continue to grow them. I think the NFC East might be ran by Washington for the next, 5 to 10 years that's just my thought especially with the Philadelphia Eagles firing their head coach Doug Peterson there's some a lot of crazy stuff going down in the Eagles organization but let's stick with this game Camden what were your thoughts when you were watching your Washington football team play against the Buccaneers
2: I believe you also disagreed with me last week that Heinecke uh shouldn't be starting this game and I
0: did, I, I, did. I was
2: correct on that one as well but no yeah you I definitely same thoughts as you. Uh, definitely Heineke has earned a spot to compete for the starting job next year. Obviously, we're not just going to give it to him straight away. We're still going to – you know, we're probably going to bring Kyle Allen back, you know, uh, probably draft a quarterback and have those three compete to see, you know, who's going who's to run the QV1 next year for us. But, but with this game, it, it, it went uh, – I mean, I'm completely happy with the outcome. Definitely got all our young guys' playoff experience. Uh, this is, i definitely expected this game to be our defense to to keep us in the game but it w- it was our offense that that kept us in this game and our and our defense got got uh our secondary got pretty exposed but it's tom brady so i mean i wasn't too surprised with it i mean it's tom brady in the playoffs so he was obviously going to going to find his receivers uh and stuff like that but yeah i'm de- i was definitely definitely not ha- Uh, unhappy with this with this game obviously I would have liked to win but I I wasn't expecting it going in Uh, I wish the defense would have played a little better wish we would have got a little more pressure on Tom Brady but I mean I'm just in the offseason definitely gonna have to get the quarterback situation figured out definitely try to establish more of a run game going into next season and and hopefully grab another wide receiver to to complement that offense as well
0: I mean, this has to be a win, not to go back quick, but this is a win for the Cleveland Browns and the Washington football team. Well, especially for the Browns because they won. But even with the Washington football team losing, this season is a win. The Browns, they win the Cleveland Super Bowl, basically. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Lucas, what are your thoughts on the Washington football Buccaneers game?
1: Um, I mean, you can't look for much more as a Washington team. I mean, you're obviously going out against Tom Brady, like you said, Camden. I mean, he's there's no one better in the playoffs. There's no one better maybe ever, all of all time uh, than Tom Brady. And Taylor Heineke and the, this young Washington team came out and they went blow for blow with him. I mean, they lost only by eight points. Heineke, a brand-new quarterback, 26 for 44. Not a crazy completion percentage, but 306 yards, a touchdown, one interception, but also a rushing touchdown. And I thought he gave them some spark. Uh, like a lot of athletic guys do that can come in, like we saw with John Wolford in uh, Week 17 for the Rams. Um, So I I like Heineke a lot. I actually didn't know he was an XFL guy until like right before the game I saw the XFL post something about him. And that got me fired up for him because I just love – I love all the leagues. I love the AAF. I love the XFL. I like all the stuff like that. So what was that, Tom?
0: I think this is huge for the XFL coming back. Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought the XFL. (laughs) I think this is really big just with Tyler Heineke because it, I think this shows that this can be like a, a minor league to the – like to MLB. But for NFL, I think it's great. for And I, for football fans, I think we'd love to see another football league out there, a semi-pro football league. I think it's really good.
1: Yeah, and not only Taylor Heineke, but also PJ Walker for the for the uh, Panthers. He came in and won a game this year for him as a starting quarterback. So you know they're showing, you know, we yeah we're a spring league and whatever, but you know we got guys who can play at the NFL level. So I think that was really exciting, as well as Wolford. He was an XFL guy as well, and you know he or no, excuse me, I think he was AAF. Yeah. But you know, having another league is good for it. I've always said it. I think people are going to watch it. People in America love football. So uh, so huge for the XFL. But, yeah, I I think this team's young. I think they could be exciting in the the future, the Washington football team, that is. And I I think they are going to run the NFC East for a while, especially with the Eagles now. It seems like they're going to have to start rebuilding without a coach. Uh, The Cowboys, they're not sure what's going on with Dak Prescott. Their superstar, Ezekiel Elliott, did not look good at all this season. They've got some other young guys who are exciting and things. But, you know, overall, they haven't looked great. And the Giants, you know, they're still figuring out with Daniel Jones and not. They could be scary because they didn't even have Saquon Barkley this whole year, who is one of the top tier guys in the league, obviously. And they still were a game away from the playoffs. So, but I think Washington right now is the team to beat in the NFC East, and I think it's going to be that way for a couple years to go, or a couple years to come because they just have a good young core of guys from Chase Young to Antonio Gibson to Terry McLaurin. They just have good young leaders who are great players as well. So, yeah, I, I really like Washington, and I think. Even though it is a loss, an eight-point loss to Tom Brady in the playoffs, it's it's a it's a moral victory.
0: I agree. I think that uh, the Washington football team, young, if they get a nice quarterback in there. Ron Rivera can tune them up a little bit. They'll be scary for a long time. There were a couple other wild card, super wild card weekend games, but we'll we'll talk about those in the preview for the upcoming divisional playoffs. But real quick. The NFC East watch is officially over with the Washington football team losing, but there's still some storylines coming out of the NFC East. Doug Peterson, the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles was fired on January 11th. I believe that is huge for the, for the Eagles. And he said that it was basically because he was sick of people telling him what to do. That, that was the reasoning for uh, Doug Peterson getting out of there. I don't, don't understand that I also think I don't know if this is good for Carson Wentz I don't know if this means he's going to stick around but whatever head coach comes into this organization they have a lot they have a mess on their hands what do you even do with this situation do you keep Wentz do you keep Hurts what do you do here you got a nice draft pick of course I think the number six overall pick you might be able to get Devontae Smith that would be huge for this organization but knowing the Eagles We'll probably draft some uh wide receiver who who's way worse knowing them but uh what are your takes on Doug Peterson getting fired what does this mean for the Eagles moving forward
2: i think this definitely means that that Carson Wentz is going to stick around because we saw a lot of the problems with Carson Wentz and the Eagles organization was with the relation between him and Doug Peterson so i think i think that'll definitely keep went whoever comes in will probably want to keep Wentz in the organization just to you know just to see if if Doug Peterson was a major part of the problem but I think this is this is definitely a bright spot for the Eagles I think it was something that you know needed it needed to be done even though it you know a lot of Eagles guys liked him you know winning him a Super Bowl and stuff you know they obviously started disliking him as the season started to go on with with some of the decisions he was making and his attitude and stuff like that but I definitely think it's good for the Eagles, like you said. Even if they can't get Devontae Smith at six, you still have Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle in there as well. So, I mean, if they screw up the dry, draft drafting a wide receiver there, I mean they they don't deserve to be good for for years to come. But yeah, I definitely
1: think this is good for the Eagles.
0: What do you think, Lucas?
1: I mean, I think it is interesting because you know I see tweets about them firing uh, Doug Peterson. People are like, "Wow." They fired the first head coach to win them a Super Bowl in however many years, three years after he won a Super Bowl. But I think in the NFL, it's, what have you done for me lately? I think that's what's interesting about the Steelers situation as well, Dom. You know, you look at uh, Mike Tomlin, and everyone loves him so much. He's won uh, two Super Bowls with them, or is it only just one? It is two, yeah. But recently, it just seems like they're collapsing late in the season. So, you know, that could be interesting. But in the Eagles, they seem to see – that, you know, what have you done for me lately? Not much, you know, so I think they're going to move on with him. I think that it depends Carson Wentz. I think they'll probably keep him because I think the front office probably likes him more than Doug Peterson did. I mean, they used a high draft pick on him. They gave him a lot of money in a contract extension. I think they like him. Obviously, they do like Hertz as well because they used a second round pick on him, but I think that Wentz will probably stay in midnight green now because Peterson is gone. And I think that that's going to be ultimately better for him. Honestly, I think, Right away, it could be better for him to maybe go to the Colts or the Steelers or somewhere where he can succeed right away. But I think if this, uh, this front office rallies around him and they build around him, I think they could maybe in, in the next couple of years before he retires or before his contract's up, they could make another postseason run, which is big. So I think Carson Wentz likely stays as a Philadelphia Eagle because Doug Peterson is gone. I need I to do a fact
0: it, check real quick. I said that Tomlin won two Super Bowls. I mean, he has been to two Super Bowls. He won the one in 2009. True. Went to the one with the Packers and lost that one in 2012, I want to say. Anyways, yeah, he's only had one Super Bowl win. But going back to what I said earlier, the Steelers just do not fire head coaches. They, they've had three head coaches. There have been less head coaches than there have been Popes in the last 60 years or whatever it is. So... It's just completely different because if, if Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl three – well, of course it's different with the Eagles situation winning four games. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season in his uh, coaching tenure as the Steelers head coach. But, yeah, I agree. It's a very – the NFL is a very what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. Things go quick. The league changes very quick. And I think that, that needs to be addressed with Mike Tomlin in the offseason If you aren't producing, if you aren't winning playoff games for me, then what are you doing here? Two playoff wins in the last decade that just – a whole bunch of regular season wins, but who the heck cares? Nobody gives a crap unless you win the last game of the season and they just aren't doing that. And that's why you see the Browns who've had six head coaches in the last three years it seems like. Mm -hmm. And you're here to win. You're here to win it all, win a playoff game or two. But the real goal is to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's why the Eagles are quick to move on from Doug Peterson. But, yeah, that grace period after winning the Eagles their first Super Bowl title ever and the, just less than four years later, he's fired. I think it's kind of insane, honestly. But that's what happens when stuff goes down in the locker room, especially when you draft Jalen Hurts. Uh, that was the first mistake from Doug Peterson that, was, that led to his firing. The next uh, NFC East news here is that Dan Quinn, the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, has been hired for the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. I think this is a huge move for the Cowboys because they have a lot of talent on the defensive side, but they just haven't had organization and a good way to execute on the defensive side. I think Dan Quinn is a good football mind. I don't think he's equipped to be a head coach, but defensive coordinator. I like it. I like it for the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on this one?
1: I agree. I think Dan Quinn's going to do a lot for this uh this Cowboys defense cuz we talked about it all year. It was like the Cowboys defense shouldn't be as bad as they are. Like we talked about it after the Browns win and after a couple other games and it was like, you know, I think uh I think the we, we almost picked the Cowboys because we were like, their defense could be good still. They have good players. They're just not getting it together. So I think that's big for them right now. Dan Quinn, I think he's a guy who can get it together for them because, like, like I just said, they have good players. They have talented players on the defensive side. So they just need a guy like Dan Quinn, a good football mind, to, to rally the troops, maybe show a couple of different schemes that people aren't expecting from the Cowboys. And I think this is going to be huge for their defense and huge for their team overall. Cameron, what what are your takes?
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it'll be I think it'll be good for the Cowboys. I think the only the only thing they need to worry about Dan with Dan Quinn is is when the typically when he gets a lead, he likes to to let up on defense. He likes to play likes to play safe, and we've seen in the past that 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 has that that, that hurt them a lot in in blowing leads and stuff like that. So, but other yeah, like you said, great football mind. He's gonna. He's gonna bring a different a different attitude into into a Dallas organization where the coaching has been pretty shoddy for a lot of years. So I think he can definitely be the start to to uh, helping revamp that coaching staff and get get Dallas back on the right track. Obviously, you still got Mike McCarthy in there causing chaos, so that'll still be a problem at head coach. But I think I think now you'll see a lot of improvements on the defensive end.
0: So even with no team in the divisional round of the playoffs, the NFC East is still the most exciting division in football. Okay, let's talk about the divisional round of the playoffs. A lot of good matchups here. The first one on Saturday at 435, the Rams, who beat the Seattle Seahawks. Big upset. Kind of a big upset there. The Rams are six-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Packers. If I have to pick a line here, I'm going to keep rolling with the Rams. I like their defense a lot. I think it is the best defense that's still in the playoffs at this point. Um, And it is up to Jared Goff, but he showed a lot with that broken thumb against the Seahawks. The offense wasn't insane. It wasn't doing anything super impressive, but he did just enough where the defense could hold their own and keep off the Seattle Seahawks. The Packers are one hell of a team. I think the Packers will win this game. I think they'll win the NFC, but I think the Rams will cover here six and a half points. What do you think, Lucas?
1: I agree, actually. I like the Rams. Uh, I like the Rams to cover. I don't like them to win. I think the Packers are going to win. But I think coming off a bye week is always interesting. Uh, So I think that that could almost hurt the Packers because I think if they would have played last week and maybe blown out the Bears or something like that, this game would also be a blowout. But the Rams have, have got some momentum right now. Jared Goff came in with a broken thumb and still played very well. Their defense looked great against the Seahawks. I think right now they have momentum rolling and they're going to make it a tough game on Aaron Rodgers. I think this defense is the top-rated defense in, in the league for a reason, and they're going to frustrate him as much as they can, but I think Aaron Rodgers is just going to be too good for any defense in the league, and I, I think that's why they're my favorite to be the, N, in the NFC champions and make it to the, the Super Bowl is the Packers. So I'm going to take the Rams plus six and a half, but I think the Packers win this game, and I think that Drew, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers is moving on. Camden, what do you
2: think? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to stick with the, the theme here. I'm going to go with you guys. The Rams are going to cover, but the Packers are still my favorite to, to win the Super Bowl. So I think the, the Packers are going to pull it out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going, to, is going to do his thing. Devontae Adams is going to put up numbers. I think what's going to keep it close is the Packers' defense isn't, isn't probably exactly where they want it to be. And like you said, the Rams have momentum. They're, they're hot right now. We'll see if Jared my buddy Jared Goff can can hold up <laughs> my thumb through four quarters. And it's in Lambeau as well. So that's going to be uh, definitely an advantage for the Packers being, you know, they're used to the, the Lambo weather in, in Green Bay and and the Rams are used to the the nice weather of LA. So it's it's gonna to be tough going in there for them to to play against Aaron Rodgers in in his home stadium. So I'm gonna take the Rams to cover, but the Packers are gonna take the win.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Not even to mention, Jared Goff's got some plates in his hand now after the thumb surgery. So I don't know if those are going to freeze up a little bit. Maybe he needs some WD-40 and some hand warmers on that thumb to keep it loose. But, yeah, that, must, that must, that's going to hurt him a little more than I even thought about. But, yeah, I, I like that. That's a, that's very true, Camden.
0: Last week, we all took the Bills minus six and a half. That's the only one we agreed on. Of course, that one did not – <laughs> kept that one close. so – If you're listening to this podcast and betting, you might want to fade us on this one. Take Packers minus six and a half. That's just a fair warning there. Okay, the next one. Another cold weather game in Buffalo, New York. The Ravens plus two underdogs. The Bills minus two favorites. I think the Ravens are rolling right now. I said it and I'm going to keep saying it. I think the Ravens are the hottest team in the NFL right now. Last week when they played the Titans, usually the Titans have their number. I think they might be the the Titans and Ravens might be the biggest rivalry outside of division rivals inside of the NFL. It's just nasty, physical. And the Ravens pulled ahead this time. Lamar got his first playoff win. 2 point underdogs to the Bills though. That one's tough. The Bills are also one of the hottest teams in the league. But with this uh, apparently it's going to be snowing in Buffalo. I think that's good news for the Ravens because of their ground game. I think Lamar and J.K. Dobbins will put up a lot of yards on the ground. I like the Ravens here to cover plus two and also win the game in this one. I think they're going to move on to the AFC Championship.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a good point. It being a snowy game could help the Ravens a little more because I watched the Bills last week and it was almost like they don't really have a running game. Their their best running game is Josh Allen himself. Mm -hmm. So as much as I like Zach Moss and I like Devin Singletary, it just doesn't seem like they have a traditional run game that works super great right now. It it has spurts and it has bursts that, that look really well, some good bright spots, but overall, I think this is a passing team. And I think the Ravens are showing that they're a running team. And like you said, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, those are three of the best – that's like one of the best three-headed dragons in the in the NFL in rushing. So, And I think Lamar Jackson showed that last week. I think we, they didn't really have much going, and then all of a sudden he took off for like a 40-yard scramble for a touchdown. And from then on it was just a completely different game because he took over. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think – I think the snow is going to help them but I just, I just can't go against the Bills right now. I really like Josh Allen. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league right now. And I like the Bills to win this game because they're they're one of they're my sleeper pick in the AFC. So I would also like to see, you know, the Bills in the AFC Championship. I'm going to take the Bills here to to cover the minus 2 and uh, and I'm going to take them to win the game. I don't know if it'll be a popular pick, but uh, but I I'm, I'm going to take the Bills in this one. I, I hope you're
0: right. I would hate to see the Ravens in the AFC Championship, yeah. but yeah. All right, Cammy, what do you got?
2: Uh, I'm gonna break the tie. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Ravens pulling this one out. Uh, like there you, you said, uh, I mean, they showed that they can stop the run game last week. I mean, they held Derrick Henry to I believe below 50 yards rushing. I mean, they they proved that that defense is here to play, uh, and I think they're just as good as at, at the pass defense as well. I think Marlon Humphrey is the most underrated cornerback in the league. I think he's gonna give. Uh, Stephon Diggs' problems, and then you're going to have Marcus Peters on the other side, uh, working with Gabriel Davis in, in man coverage and stuff like that. So I think I think defense defense is going to definitely win them this game. And then they're going to do exactly what they did against the against the Titans. They're going to control the clock. They're going to keep the Bills off the field as much as possible. They're going to run the ball. They're gonna they're gonna make it difficult for for Buffalo's defense to get off the field. And, and Lamar is Lamar's gonna he's gonna make some plays. I, I was talking to a to a buddy of mine who's a Ravens fan during the game. And and I was like, and these QB, these QB runs, just the QB design runs just aren't going anywhere. They got to stop doing them. And then next play Lamar breaks one. And he was Mm -hmm. like, he was like, that's why they keep doing them. Even when they're not working, because it it only takes one of them to break and it's a touchdown Mm -hmm. because nobody's catching Lamar Jackson. So Mm -hmm. I think you'll definitely see Lamar Jackson be a, be a, a dominant threat in this game along with the run game. Uh, I think, you know, obviously they're going to have to find some passing game to keep winning in the playoffs. Marquise Brown's going to have to get more involved. But I still think the Ravens pull this one out just based on time management and and on the defensive side.
0: All right. That one is a split decision there. Me and Camden taking Ravens plus two here. Lucas taking the Bills minus two. And that wraps up the divisional games on Saturday Sunday. Lucas's Browns, plus 10 underdogs, a big underdog to, as, as Lucas mentioned earlier, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a huge game here, but I got to take the Browns plus 10. The people are sleeping on the Cleveland Browns right now. They are a very good team, and it all comes back to that backfield with Chubb and Hunt. Those dudes are nasty. They'll run all over the Chiefs. I also think the Chiefs, are very overrated. I do think they're they're also very good, very talented, but they are overrated. They keep these teams in the game always. They don't really ever completely wax a team like we saw the Browns do to the Pittsburgh Steelers last weekend. The Chiefs losing to the Raiders, keeping the games close against a bunch of other teams this season. I don't know if the Browns will win this game. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing the Browns beat the Chiefs because that would be like, It's a Cinderella story for the city of Cleveland right there. That would be the greatest story ever. I like the Browns in this one to cover plus 10. Not sure about them winning, which would be cool. But, uh, yeah, I got to go Browns plus 10 here. And, Lucas, quick question. Last week when we did the lines, did you take the Browns or the Steelers on the spread?
1: It's like the Steelers, I can never take the Browns.'m exactly. not going to do it. I exactly. refuse to do it, and that's why I think the Chiefs are going to blow them out in this game, and i 'm going to take the chiefs minus ten.
0: There we go.
1: but <laughs> so that's my that's my public pick under the table i 'm going to put the Browns in plus ten, but publicly, chiefs minus ten it's going to be a blowout. Um, the one thing that I like for the Browns rolling into this week again is there? there's a little bit of free bulletin board material again last week it was juju you know all oh, the browns is the browns you know whatever all the talk this week uh sammy watkins put out a tweet uh the, the chiefs receiver and said this is a video game what wth is going on this is weird i'm speechless pretty sure the whole world is shocked i've never seen anything like this so a chiefs fan in in relation to the steelers browns game a chiefs Chiefs fan comments on it and says, looks like we got some competition next week, huh? And he said, well, I wouldn't go that far, LOL. So, you know, just a little bit more free bulletin board material, a little bit of fuel to the fire. Obviously, the Browns used that from Juju last week, so it looks like they're going to use this one. And, And even if nothing else comes out, I would love to see the Michael Jordan mentality like we saw in the last dance of him just making up stories in his head and escalating it to where it's not really, but, you know, anything they need. To you know, get them that extra fuel. So I I think the Browns are going to come out fighting in this game, and I, I think they're going to shock some people, uh, whether they win or not. I think this is going to be going to be a big game for the city of Cleveland and a big game for the Browns. I, I hopefully we're getting uh, Denzel Ward back this week. Uh, he was on the COVID list. That was one thing that I was upset going into last game because honestly I wasn't too sure about the Browns because I was like, oh Denzel Ward's going to miss the last game of the season. Like that stinks. Like that would hurt. It would be nice to see him and some other guys back. But hopefully he's coming back in this game. I think Kevin Johnson might also be coming back. So uh, 34, the corner, I forget his last name, but he was on uh, Juju last, last week and Deontay Johnson and, uh, and Claypool. And he did all right, you know, for a guy who only had two starts. So hopefully, though, we got our, our corners back. Our linebackers looked good last week. And I think that we can do some things to hopefully, you know, upset Mahomes and he hasn't played in three weeks he, he sat out week 17 he sat out last week for a bye week so he's going to be very fresh obviously but like I said you know sometimes getting back up to game speed is going to be hard after a bye so hopefully the Browns can come out punch him in the mouth like they did to the Steelers and shock some people and of course like I said public pick Chiefs minus 10 it's going to be a blowout but under the table I like the Browns covering this spread plus 10. There we go all
0: right Cameron, what do you think?
2: Uh, I'm going to disagree with With Chase Claypool, Sammy Watkins, and I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Browns uh, to cover as well. (laughs) I think think the Chiefs will Chiefs will pull out the win, but the but I think uh, like you said, a lot of people are sleeping on the Browns, and it's like we talked about uh, with the Twitter question about who who do you not want to face in the playoffs? and, And I said the Browns because of because of the run game, and and they showed that against the Steelers, even though the Steelers had some bad turnovers that put them in bad spots, the run game was still was still dominant with with the with both Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. So I, I think, and especially with the Chiefs defense, you know, they they don't really have a star on defense to to be able to help stop the run. So I think I think the run game is going to eat, especially against the Chiefs. And I mean I'm gonna go with it for the same reason I said with the Ravens. The Browns are gonna to have to clock manage. They're gonna to have to keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible. They're going to have to to keep the ball on the ground, throw when you have to. Uh, And especially with the – I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be tough for the Browns to win, obviously, with, you know – if you're still going to have players out with COVID and stuff, I know you have a, a offensive lineman in there. Who's who's never played NFL football before. Yeah.
1: A guy named Blake as, as Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Baker, uh,
2: Baker say he, he met him in the locker room before the game.
1: Yeah. He introduced himself, a guy named Blake. It was actually his birthday the next day too. So what a great birthday gift for him. But yeah. Yeah. So,
2: and then, and then Denzel Ward's going to be, you know, he, he, they're him and Johnson are coming back, but they're, they're rusty. You know, they haven't been on the field. They're, they they they're coming off COVID protocols. So, and obviously, the Chiefs offense, we've, we've seen how that is. It's dominant. It's going to be tough to stop. So, yeah, the Chiefs are going to pull out the win, but, but I expect the Browns to, to at least make it a game.
0: I think it's huge that Kevin Stefanski is coming back, too, because I think part of the Steelers' somewhat comeback in the wildcard game was because of the somewhat questionable play calls on the offensive side in that mm-hmm. second half. It was just run, run third and long pass, and then punt it most of the time. And that just, that uh, conservative play calling won't get it done. Well, it did get it done, but I think if you have Stefanski in there, they could have continued, pedaled to the metal, and made that one not even close at all. That's just my thoughts there. All right, last game here, Sunday night, the final game of the divisional round. Probably the game of the week. We'll all be watching this one. Everyone in America, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. The two old dudes going head-to-head, Buccaneers versus Saints. Saints are three-point favorites in this one. This one's tough here. This one's very tough. I could see this one going either way, honestly. I think I know what Camden's going to say. I I think Camden's going to go with Buccaneers plus three. I don't know what Lucas would say here. I don't know. I'm going to have to go with the Saints minus three. I'd love to see a Saints-Packers NFC championship. That would be awesome. I think that's the matchup we all want to see. But Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in the FC Championship would also be awesome. So I don't care who wins this one, but if I have to pick here, I'm going to take Saints minus three because I think that Drew Brees, he has got shaken that rust off. He's continuing to shake it off. He's heating up. Their defense is pretty darn good. Uh, So I got to take Saints minus three. But quick, let's talk about the Bears and Saints game. That was the hot, the most watched game on Wild Card Weekend. 28 million viewers on CBS and another 2 million viewers on Nickelodeon, which let me just say was phenomenal. We need to have a game on Nickelodeon every single week. The slime can, cannons, everything just was awesome. Other than young Sheldon, I hate big <laughs> Get that guy off my TV. Can't watch that stuff. But but yeah, it was pretty cool. Other than that, I loved it. What did you guys tune in to the Nickelodeon stream at all?
1: Oh yeah, you can count me in on, um, as one of those two million viewers uh, on Nickelodeon. I loved it. I thought, you know, I thought it was a little interesting that they just had uh, one of the one of the actresses um, who clearly didn't know much about football. Uh, as a broadcaster so personally you know as someone in the media field that was a little bothering me because there would be a big play like there was a big turnover and they were all getting excited and then all of a sudden she like instead of talking about the play she's like so Nate Burleson who was one of the uh, people doing it also she's like how did you plan your touchdown dances and I'm like oh come on like not right now Gabby like give him five minutes like let's just wait until after he explains like oh it was a great strip sack so that was one thing for me. But, I mean, overall, uh, for probably 10-year-olds watching it, it's probably better, honestly, to keep them, you know, interest, interested in the game. I probably should have switched over to CBS, but I just did not want to hear Tony Romo talk about the about the play. I'd rather hear Nate Burleson talk about his, his touchdown dances and things. But but I thought he handled it really well as well, too. So props to him as a broadcaster. Uh, props to all of Nickelodeon's CBS. I thought they handled uh, – they did the, the uh, production really well. Great way to, you know – introduce the game to kids i loved it and uh you know shout out to money mitch for the uh for the nvp award MVP. that's right yeah camden what did you think were you watching on nickelodeon or were you listening to romo no
2: i i tuned into it mostly because of romo and i, and I just wanted to yeah like, but but yeah it was it was different it was interesting and and i just i just looked at it as you know if we had that as a kid you know like obviously us watching it now Is a lot different because we're adults, so it's like it's kind of like you know like why would you know it's it's different it's different for the kids watching you know obviously Mm -hmm. we're gonna think it's it's a little stupid and and annoying but (laughs) but it it was if I was a kid watching that you know not knowing a ton about football but but making it fun it would have been it would have been very it would have been very interesting but uh, I didn't catch when. I forget what the penalty was, but when it was the unsportsmanlike conduct on the on the kickoff or whatever for whoever ran out of bounds, and then Cordell Patterson was right beside the the official and and he let out and let out a pretty bad expletive. Did that? Was that on Nickelodeon? Like, did yes. that?
0: Was that? Oh, they record? picked it up. Yeah, first f bomb ever on Nickelodeon. <laughs> History I
1: think history. the uh, I think the the commentators were trying to do Cardi B impersonations or something during it. I saw a tweet about it, so they, they didn't even notice it. But yeah, the f bomb was definitely over the Nickelodeon airwaves, which was which is great. I wonder if he knew if
2: if Cordell Patterson thought about it when he, when he said <laughs> that. If he was thinking about like drop this f bomb on Nickelodeon, real quick. Maybe. <laughs> we or all something. knew
0: it was coming too. We knew someone was gonna drop it. Yeah, we just had to find out. All right, I take Saints minus three. Camden, who are you taking here?
2: Uh, yeah, you, you read my mind. I'm taking the Bucks. I think, that I, I think this will be the last game Drew Brees ever plays. I think, I think he's going to retire after the season. I think he's done after, he, after Tom Brady beats him here in the divisional round. I think we saw it against Washington. Uh, I'm a little biased, obviously, but Washington is, is one of the top defenses in the league, and, and Tom Brady absolutely tore him apart. Uh, so I think he's going to do the same thing against the Saints. Uh, obviously, the, they're going to have to do what they did against us. He's not going to be able to throw every play. He's going to have to get the run game in there with, with Leonard Fournette. And I don't know if Ronald Jones will be playing, but I don't believe so. But I think, yeah, I think the, I think the Saints, the Saints offense is just not going to be able to put. A, I think it'll be like it'll be like a college football game. It's going to be who who can put up the most points. It's not going to be much about defense. It's going to be which quarterback can can find his receivers more and, and put up more points, and I, and I think Tom Brady's going to do that.
0: All right, what about you, Lucas?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Saints, actually, uh, minus three. I think this is probably the year for Drew Brees. Like you said, it might be his last season. It seems like people are saying he's probably going to retire after this one. So uh, I'm going to go out with him. I like Drew Brees. I'm a fan of his. Um, and I think this is probably the year for him. I think, obviously, if they win this game, it's going to be a really tough one to win next week, presumably against the Packers. I'm not going to completely count the Rams out. I almost feel bad. We're just saying, yeah, well, I'd love to see whoever against Aaron Rodgers. I almost feel bad for the Rams and Jared Goff. But, um, I don't. But, but yeah, I, I like the Saints a lot, and I like Drew Brees. And, I mean, Alvin Kamara is obviously one of the most electrifying players in the league, so you can't ever count them out when they have a guy like that. Um, as much as they did almost just kind of let the Bears – have opportunities in that game though and they just didn't capitalize on them you have to give the defense some credit for that um so I'm going to take the Saints in this one I think they're going to rally and I think this is their year to make a Super Bowl run I don't know if they'll win it because like we said the Packers I think they're my favorite out of the NFC and the Chiefs if they if they make it I I still think they're going to be the Super Bowl champions this year but I I like the Saints this year and I, I could see them winning another one and then having yet another heartbreaker in the NFC championship. So I'm going to go, uh, saints minus three. All right.
0: That wraps up the divisional round of games. Super exciting here. The week after this will be the, the play, divisional playoffs or comp. Is that right? Conference championships. Conference, conference
1: championships. championships.
0: Edit that out. <laughs> Next week will be the conference championships. A lot of exciting things there. Time will only tell who will be in these games. All right, that will wrap up episode 13 here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at North Shore Pod to stay updated. Make sure you tune in next week. A quick little shout-out, new outro music, Pittsburgh Anthem by Cool Raph. Go stream that. He made our logo. He makes some music for us in the outro. So go give him some love out there. Um, And also Camden, he has recently started a podcast on 76ers basketball and nba basketball in general camden did you want to talk about that for a second
2: yeah just me me and my buddy have been have been philadelphia 76ers fans since since elementary school grow up grew up watching that together back in the uh, 10 and 72 days going with the, with the awful sixers team so so, we know what we're talking about. So, if you're, so if you're interested in, in NBA or, or Sixers basketball at all, go check that out. Uh, CMB Sixers Podcast on Spotify.
0: You heard it. CMB Sixers Podcast. Go check that out on Spotify. Give it some love. And make sure you tune in next week to the North Shore Station, episode 14. We're keeping it rolling, we're keeping it going. Let's do this. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and have a great night.
3: Uh, was Lydia real, where legends are told Pittsburgh. The city of steel Who go in the gold Pittsburgh. Girl giving me digits, I'm crossing the bridges It always be cold Pittsburgh. I rap black and yellow cause they never fold We're nothing like you, the foreign and two The rages are lit and pit The, bird. the people don't quit the bird, the bird. I'm copping new drip, legit the bird. I'm dropping this hit the bird, the bird. Yes, yeah, we'll Sam when I'm rapping Big Ben I ain't rapping no bird, they treat us like third Our talent deserves to be heard It's cool rap on the track, what's the word? I mean, what is there to say? Beautiful city view I don't care what you look like, you dress like you act like you wait with the bird ain't in you. I be putting there work and I don't have a weakness. Can't answer that question in interviews. I'm here for PA, not assistant, no dummy. I love it here really. My life is so funny. And no this ain't Philly It always be sunny. This city got dreams, and I want me the money. I'm not hitting licks like the kids do for tricks but I'm sick like the bunny. My nose getting money. I'm rich like a mummy. The girls call me honey. This city is lovely. I wish I knew mad. You hear how the beat cut the slack. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Cause I'm back and it's rap right on the track. I hit up this girl, she like rap, I be lonely. We up next morning she make me pierogies huh i'm like mr rogers they know me i'm cold like i'm Crosby and smooth like shinobi yeah like pie for booty i don't want the rubies i just want the fame so i'll grind until my show got no, a line no i'ma shine yo i got sauce like i'm high i bet that in take this place over, I'll be 22, but we never get older, we brew, on broom, and I'll never be sober, I hit 42 and I still won't be over, I'll still be in Southside, I'll still be in open I'm leaving the bird when I sign me a deal, yo, I'm just playing like women, be playing my fields. eating this rap like a meal, what's litty and real, Pittsburgh, where legends are told, Pittsburgh, the city of steel, Pittsburgh, who going the gold, Pittsburgh, They're giving me digits, I'm crossing the bridges, it always be cold, Pittsburgh, I rap like in yellow, cause they never fold. we're nothing like you, the foreign and two, the rangers are deserves to be heard. Let's go rap on the track with the word.
2: That's nasty.
3: It's very...